Hey, this is Tommy Wiseau, and you listen Columbia KCOU 88.1 FM. Hopefully you have a groovy time. This is Start Your Sunday on KCOU 88.1. We are Start Your Sunday on Spotify. We're glad you're starting your Sunday with us right here on KCOU 88.1. Episode 5 already flying by. Glad you're starting your October with us, our first October show. Harrison Vatna, Garrett Pave out today. Instead, I am joined by the host of KCOU Meta Sports, I believe, on Monday nights at 5 Central. It's Jake Circus. Jake, welcome in. Thank you very much, and this is actually, I'm very much starting my Sunday right here because I think I woke up like a half hour ago, so, but I'm very glad to be here, Harrison. Um, you know, we've been wanting to do a show together for a while, and what better way to do it than week four of the NFL? College football was yesterday. Uh, I think like three or four top 25s lost. There was chaos in the Big 12, we're going to talk about that, and you know, lots of good stuff that's going on in sports right now. Yep, an absolutely great, another great day in college football yesterday, and another exciting day of NFL playing today, and also tomorrow we'll get into. Uh, but I'll start with this in the SEC, and I'll, Jake, I'll bring you in here in a second. When the college football season ends, you know, people get upset, you know. They, they, miss, the, they miss the league, they miss the sport, and, you know, people try to make some storylines up that try to fulfill them over the summer and then into the fall when the season actually starts. And... We do this because, you know, we miss the college football and we want to have a talking point for the offseason. So something we can have when we get into the season because people somehow have uh, short term memory loss and forget these kind of things that people saying stuff at the beginning of the season like the SEC has seven teams that can win the conference. This is something I heard from experts on this sport, whether it was on CBS or ESPN or any writer in general was saying how the SEC has seven possible teams that can win the conference. And. We can already tell two weeks into the season, two weeks into the SEC season, that I don't think that is the case, as this is one of those headlines that people make over the summer and over the offseason to try to entertain them that, you know, don't count out LSU and Auburn. And obviously, you know, LSU won the national championship last year, but that was more of a lightning in the bottle type of thing. Or Texas A&M and all of these schools and Tennessee and uh, Mississippi State as people were jumping on the bandwagon after they beat uh, an LSU team last weekend. The real case is there's just three teams that can win the SEC. I hate to break it to you. This has always been the case, but it's Florida, it's Georgia, and it's Alabama. And we'll talk about those teams in a second. But, Jake, your thoughts on the people jumping to conclusions about seven teams winning this conference. Yeah, it's it, it's completely bogus. And, you know, even going back towards the you know a decade ago when, when LSU had that season where, where they beat Alabama and then won the SEC, or no, they didn't, even, they didn't even win that they, that year. They beat Alabama, they beat Alabama in 2011. So. They beat Alabama in the regular season, nine to six. Right. Then met them in the national championship after they beat after they won the SEC championship, and they lost Alabama in the national championship, 21-0. Right. So like even even back then, there was still just one, two, maybe three teams who can win the SEC. Now, now there's there's a ton of ranked teams in the SEC. It's the only conference that has this many ranked teams 
with still not much parity. The SEC still does not have much parity. It's Florida, Georgia in the East, and then it's literally Alabama in the West, like always. LSU will, will have this lightning in a bottle type year, like you said, just like last year. But really, th there's, there's never been a feeling that LSU could consistently compete with Alabama. Auburn can. Auburn sometimes beats Bama in the Iron Bowl at the end of the year. But still, not this year. This is a very, very young Auburn team. And Alabama, once again, they're going to have seven to nine guys drafted in the first two days of the draft. Probably four or five go on Thursday night, night one. This is a very, very stacked Bama team. Uh, they're the easy favorites when the SEC. Florida looks good. Georgia looks very good. So Florida-Georgia is going to be a great battle in the East. But it's Bama in the West, and Florida-Georgia are pretty much going to compete to see who gets to lose to Alabama in, in January. And the reason I started with this is because one of those teams that a lot of people were hyping up over the offseason as we started the season was Auburn. And people said, oh, they had such a great finish last year where they, they beat Alabama's backup quarterback, who was Mac Jones, who's now their starter, in the Iron Bowl, and they won these games. And now they and they also, don't forget the fact, they lost to University of Minnesota in the, the Outback Bowl down in Tampa. And people are saying, oh, Auburn, contender in the SEC. And you see them have a good game against Kentucky, and then they take on Georgia and don't even score a touchdown. They lose 27-6 to down in Athens. It was game day. It was the primetime game of the week. And Bo Nix, who people are very high on, was outplayed by Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, my bad. He is a, a young quarterback for them. He threw 17 of 28, 240 yards, and a touchdown. Bo Nix, only 21 of 40, 177 yards, and a pick, a quarterback rating of 56.3. Auburn couldn't find much on the ground. They're running back Tank Bigsby, one of the best names in college football. Eight carries, 31 yards. They really couldn't establish much of a run or really of a pass. Jake, I'll send this over to you. This is disappointing from Bo Nix's perspective. A lot of hype going into the season, and then to come out with this in their biggest game, what do you think? I mean, really, it, like we were watching this game, and I, th I think Georgia started. Georgia ran 21 of their 24 first players. 21 of their 24 plays to start the game were in Auburn territory. Like that's just it's incredible. That's managing the game. That's just dominating the game from from all three aspects of it, special teams, offense, and defense. That's unacceptable for Auburn. A Gus Malzone run team to just be absolutely dominated in conference. Uh, we don't see it often. We we see Georgia dominant teams all the time, but it's rare to see something like this, especially from Auburn, especially from a team that's run by Gus Malzone. I know they have a young quarterback. Bo Nix had a great year just to end the year last year. There's a lot of hype around him. Uh, from a scout standpoint, he he really jumps off the page. He has NFL tools. He just needs to put put it together. He's still super young, though. A true sophomore, like right. 19 years old. Like He's got a lot in there, but this is a game you would have liked to see him play a little better. And, you know, the concern about Georgia going into the season was they didn't have a standout running back that people were you know high on. They've always had a good runner. If it was the duo of Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, or even before that, Todd Gurley, and more recently, guys like uh, Holyfield, and they just Swift. lost to the draft. DeAndre Swift, I was about to mention. Thanks, Jake. And Zamir White comes out of nowhere, really. Wasn't really talked about before the year. We thought James Cook, the brother of uh, NFL starting back Dalvin Cook, would be the starter. But it was Zamir White, 19 carries, 88 yards, two touchdowns. It seems like he is going to be the lead back this season for the Dogs. Jake, what is the ceiling of this Georgia team? I think they're very good. Um, this is really the, the first Georgia team in a while that there's really no, like, 
guy who really jumps off the page, in my opinion. But this defense is playing out of their mind. Like you said, they're running the ball effectively. Auburn's, Auburn's defense is really hard to run against. Like, they always are. They always have some of the best interior, interior defensive linemen in the SEC. Um, and but but I think this this Georgia defense this Georgia defense is very very good. They're getting contributions from everybody. They're getting sacks. They're stopping the run. Auburn cannot run the ball at all yesterday. And really, Bo Nix loves to push the ball down the field. He averaged just four yards per attempt yesterday. That's terrible. It's incredible. Uh, let's move on to another game in the SEC. Let's talk about Auburn's big rival, the Alabama Crimson Tide, the number two ranked team in the country. Took on the Texas A&M Aggies, who had a real struggle in their first game of the year against Vanderbilt last Saturday. They started the year at the top 10. They pushed down to 13, and I think they're going to be pushed back way even more after a 52-24 loss to the Tide, a dominant game for Mac Jones, 20 of 27, 435 yards, which I think is a career high for him, four touchdowns and a pick. They also got some quality running game from their two running backs, Brian Robinson Jr., 10 carries, 60 yards, and Najee Harris, probably one of the first running backs taken in next year's draft, 12 carries, 43 yards, but the story of the game is their wide receiver, and their leading receiver, not someone we expected, John Mitchie third. their third-string receiver, five catches, 181 yards, two touchdowns, Jalen Waddle also five catches, 142 yards in touchdown, and Devontae Smith, six catches, 63 yards, touchdown. Jake? There was a little concern about the Alabama offense going into the season, losing Tua and Ruggs and Jerry Judy. There but was? they really <laughs> they really haven't missed a step over this over the offseason and now even with Jones and Mitchie and Waddle and Smith, this Bama offense is still dangerous. Well, I mean, I I wasn't aware that there was any concern on a, a Nick Saban run offense, someone with with Mac Jones who has experience in big games. Well, we we thought that going into the year they were going to turn back into more what the offense that Jake Coker ran and the offense that AJ McCarron ran, and more of a run first offense. But they're still they're still a heavy pass team. We saw Alabama quarterbacks don't throw for four hundred yards every day. No, but they don't. I, I mean, really, Tua was really the the first guy in a while to be you know a a, a really heavy passer. Like Tua would average three hundred fifty yards. Over the course of a six, seven game stretch, and you know, Mac Jones looks like he's going to do the same because they only ran the ball like just 22 times with Robinson and Harris, and most of that was when you know they were dominating the game. Like Mac Jones throwing 20 of 27, averaging 16.1 yards per attempt is absolutely sensational. And I, I don't know about you, but I wasn't concerned at all going into the year because you have two guys who are going to two receivers who are going to go top 10, top 15 in the draft once again. I think Waddle and Smith are better than Judy and Ruggs. Uh, Waddle and Smith have all the NFL tools combined. They're just two of the scariest players that I, I, I've seen in college football in a while. And th- then there's this dude who comes out of nowhere, John the Third, who just completely dominates this game from, from all aspects of a receiving standpoint. And one other interesting thing for the Alabama defense, they looked very, very good. They didn't get a single sack. That's, that's incredible. Like, Kellen Mond's a solid quarterback, but for Alabama defense not to get a sack, I would wonder really the last time they didn't do that. I mean, they they had eight they had eight quarterback hurries so like they, they were getting pressure on Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond likes to run. Only eight carries for nineteen yards. Incredible. And you know Jimbo Fisher leaves Florida State, which is a absolute <laughs> garbage fire or of a program right now. And let's see if Mike Tor- Mike Norvell can turn that around. They really looked really good against Jacksonville State yesterday, only winning by a <laughs> I think a touchdown a or touchdown. two. They were losing by they were losing by like four they were like fourteen nothing at the end of the first quarter. But back to Jimbo Fisher's new team, the uh, the Texas A&M Aggies. <laughs> Fisher's been disappointing since he took over. He's one, I think he's one in seven against the big, the big powers of the SEC, LSU, Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia. One in seven after yesterday's loss. And their only win was like a seven overtime game against LSU back in the final game of the regular season in 2018. 
Jimbo Fisher disappointment at Texas A&M or not? I think so far you can't really say so because look, when when you're competing in the SEC, not all, and especially in Texas, not only do you have to compete against your your other SEC schools, but you also have to compete compete against Texas. Yeah, Texas looking really good. You, you got to compete against TCU, and and this is just on a recruiting based standpoint. So this is the first year that Jimbo Fisher is playing with his recruits, and and I say that all the time about evaluating a college coach. I don't I. Literally, I said it with Tom Herman in Texas. In 2017, he was not playing with his recruits. What happened in 2018? They were the number nine team in the country and beat Georgia to finish off the year. Playing with his recruits. Now, this is a very, very slow start, a very unwarranted start for Jimbo Fisher in his second year. But, again, let him build it. Let him get his recruits. Let let him build this team how he wants to build it. And eventually, once he gets these guys, they're going to have this pop year. I don't know if they're going to beat Alabama, but... I would like to see them lose by less than 28 points. Yeah, it's it's a bit concerning if you're a Jimbo Fisher now. You know, that's you go to there to the SEC to beat Alabama and these teams, and he hasn't been able to do it. Next week, they got a big game against Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators, who this is only Mullen's third year in Florida, and he's completely dominated there. So a big game for Jimbo and the Aggies next week. Let's talk about Dan Mullen and the Gators. Dominant win against South Carolina, 38-24. The Gator offense, outstanding. And going into this year, we were wondering who this year's Joe Burrow could be because, you know, a player coming out of nowhere, or also the year before Kyler Murray, as I should say, one of those players who really comes out of nowhere and just takes the Heisman and just outplays everyone. Feels like Kyle Trask might be that guy this year. I mean, Kyle Trask has some NFL tools. He's not Joe Burrow. Look, he, he's not Joe Burrow. Joe, Says the man wearing a Joe Burrow jersey right now. This, no, this is not talking from a Joe Burrow <laughs> I know. perspective. This, this is talking from a Joe Burrow LSU perspective. Joe Burrow was a... Four and a half, five star recruit coming out of coming out of high school. He went to Ohio State, lost to Dwayne Haskins, who was his elder, who was always going to beat him. And then he and then he gets swept on, goes to LSU, and he immediately shows the NFL talent. Now Joe Burrow, in his first year at LSU, Jamar Chase was on the bench. Justin Jefferson was just a, a sophomore. Clyde edwards Jalair was on the bench, and they had no none of that defensive talent. Because all those guys left, so they were all young in 2018. What happened in 2019? Jamar Chase played, Justin Jefferson played, Clyde Edwards-Elair played, and that, obviously that offensive line. So Joe Burrow obviously had a lot of help, but Joe Burrow immediately showed off his NFL skills. Now there is still some concern or, or, or some you know, spectacular part of what Kyle Trask is doing through two games, but he is still showing mistakes. He threw a really bad interception yesterday. Um, but still, I like Kyle Trask. I think he's going to come out this year and be either quarterback three or quarterback four. So maybe a second round talent. I I'm not sure what 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm gonna grade him as. But uh, I I've liked what I what I've seen from Kyle Trask specifically the, the the Gators team in general. Kyle Pitts is a first round tight end talent. He is. Well, I can't think of a better tight end college football. It's not. It, there, there he is a no. great receiving threat. He can play him on the outsides and obviously the tight end role. He's a good blocker and can make plays downfield. Yeah, I mean really. And then Kadarius Tony. He is who, fast. Who came out of nowhere. I mean, he's going to make the South Carolina Gamecocks run, run the Oklahoma drill oh, in man. practice this week after what uh, Kadarius Tony did on on that, that touchdown play uh, early on in the game. And last year when Miami played uh, Florida and Orlando the first game of the year, I think Kadarius Tony took a screen pass like 70 yards on like one of the first plays of the game. So he can just throw his – he can show his athletic ability. He also was hurt most of last season. They have a great wide receiver court. Trevon Grimes is also very good. Trent Whitmore had two catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown – Great game for the Florida Gators. Concern on the defensive side. They lost their top six tacklers from last season. If they 
don't win the SEC or win the SEC East, at least it'll come down to that game against Georgia in the world's largest co- outdoor cocktail party, it, as that game is called, as they play in <laughs> we Jacksonville. Had, we had some fun with uh, with college rivalries names yesterday oh, yeah. when we were when we were at Dana Harris. Actually, a, a great probably an hour spent on college football rivalry games, but that's a little irrelevant to the point <laughs> right now. Um, if they is the defense going to let this team down? Because we should know this offense is good. I I mean I don't know if they're going to put thirty five against Georgia, but Auburn has a really good defense, and Georgia made them look foolish yesterday. I, I think Georgia's the better team. I'm not sure why Florida's going to be Georgia's rated below Florida uh, because Georgia had the better year last year, and you know, I, just, I just don't get it. But anyways, it, it, it's going to be a great game. I'm not, gonna, I'm, I'm not ready to say that their defense is going to let them down, uh, but yeah, they did lose a, a lot of players. They've, they've lost their entire linebacking core from their 2018 year over the last two years. A uh, bunch of good tacklers, bunch of good and athletes. And they haven't really played an elite offense in the SEC, and they had some trouble with Ole Miss last week, who was the first game under Lane Kiffin. They had some trouble against their former coach, Will Muschamp, and the South Carolina Gamecocks. But now they're going to take on the real uh, challengers of the SEC, and we'll see how good that defense is. Yeah, I mean, they allowed 117 yards rushing. <laughs> they really defended the pass well yesterday. Colin Hill had a 51.5 QBR. He only allowed four, uh, or or. He only threw for, for uh, four yards per attempt. Yeah, but he did have some receivers drop some touchdowns. Yeah, he did. But, um, I, I mean, they just have to D up, really. They got to get sacks. They, they had, what, four sacks yesterday? So, that, so that's good. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're getting to the quarterback. It, this is a very good Florida Gators team. It, it's a very, very good team. So I'm not ready to say that, that their defense is going is to let them down. But who do they play next week? They're playing Texas A&M, A&M in Texas A&M. So if... If they contain Kellen Mond, which, you know, Kellen Mond has really played bad in, in, in high-tier SEC games, then... I, I expect I, Florida I, to win. They should win. I mean, they really should win. Yeah. Uh, let's quickly do, you watched the game yesterday, Missouri-Tennessee. What did you see from the Tigers? Bad. Yeah, a bad. Lot, lot of bad. Connor Bazelak, decent. Connor Bazelak was interesting. A lot better than Sean Robinson, I can tell you that. I think Robin, like, they don't let Robinson throw the ball. Um, I don't know if he can throw the ball. I mean, I was at the game against Alabama, and Robinson threw the ball... A few times when you know they needed to pass, and he actually threw the ball well. But Bazelak has some has some good arm talent. Like he like he has some he has some real talent. So definitely it's something to build off of. Um, so I was impressed with the way he threw the ball. He threw a bad interception, but whatever. He's a freshman. It's going to happen. The running game it needs to get better. Larry I, Roundtree and they have a couple solid running backs. Tyler Beatty and Roundtree. Larry, Larry Roundtree is insane. I um I tweeted and talked to Jim Nagy a few weeks ago about Larry Roundtree coming to the Senior Bowl. Very very exciting stuff because he's he's gonna he's gonna go there, Harrison. The yeah, well, we love in, the Senior Bowl in January. I we love the Senior Bowl. So Larry Roundtree is gonna be there. Um, he's very very talented, and I I think from a, from a Connor Basic standpoint. Well, no, no, no. From an Eli Drinkwitz standpoint, I, I don't love the play calling. I don't know why he thought the triple option would would work in the SEC. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It never so, has, and I don't think it ever will. He ditched it. He went to the freshman, I think, a lot earlier than he wanted to because a first-year head coach and a freshman quarterback in the SEC doesn't really combine for, I, for, much, it, it for much. Like, we know the recruiting class coming in is going to be decent, but, you know, it's the first year, and they have a great great game next week at LSU in prime time. Don't expect them to win, but I expect them to compete in the second half like they did against Alabama. Let's go to a, another conference, the Big 12, where we saw two huge upsets yesterday. TCU beat number nine Texas 33-31, and Iowa State beat number 18 Oklahoma. Had already lost to uh, Kansas State the week before at home, 37-30. What team did you learn more about, Texas or Oklahoma? I learned more about Oklahoma because Texas, they're always going to be ranked high. 
it's just how it is. And they almost, Texas almost lost last week, too. Texas yeah. Tech, they needed a miracle comeback in overtime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they should have. But Oklahoma, what, the first time they've lost back-to-back regular season games since 1999? or Yeah, since, like, 1999. And then the first time they, they lost to Iowa State in Iowa State since JFK was president. So Spencer Rattler is legit. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll say that. Spencer Rattler is going to be a phenomenal NFL player. He has all the tools. But has, right now, but right, it's not. Right now, if you're looking at strictly results, he's thrown a, a game-losing interception both weeks. He's, he, he's missed some, some easy reads, I, I think. But still, he's 19 years old. Baker Mayfield came in at 21. Kyler Murray came in at 20, 21. And then Jalen Hurts came in at 22. Yep. And this is something I mentioned on last week's show, that this is the first time Lincoln Riley really hasn't had a veteran quarterback leading his offense that he could trust. You know, Spencer Rattler, looked in the fourth quarter of these games, looked like Spencer rattled. You know, he hasn't been able to step up and make the plays. He's thrown bad interceptions, and this is what you expect from a freshman quarterback, that Lincoln Riley, you know, he's got to get used to. It's a complex offense that Oklahoma runs, and it's, it's already not their season. They're going to be unranked when the rankings release in a few hours. But, you know, we'll see. In the Big 12, their playoff hopes are out the window. Like, Oh, it's, it's over. Gone. And Texas play Oklahoma next week, which is going to be a kind of exciting game, but it's going to be like number 20 number twenty Texas versus unranked Oklahoma. I can't think of the last time in my life that this has been such an irrelevant matchup. Yeah. And then this, this is super weird, but Oklahoma's team this year is not good. They lost. No, the they roster lost. isn't good. The offense isn't good. Or not as good as it's been, and the defense certainly has not improved. They, and they they've were, had years to improve this defense, and never have. Well, last year their defense was actually better because they had a ton of tech tacklers. That they had a first of all, Parnell Matley, love that guy, corner. He, <laughs> he he's gone, but um, they lost more defensive players than, than they than they pretty much ever have last year, and they just haven't had time to build that back up, especially with COVID and no preseason. Yep, so and- this Oklahoma team was bound to struggle. But their offense, they well. First of all, yesterday they're missing their best, their best uh, outside playmaker. So that that wasn't really ideal. But this is a very not a great offensive line. Uh, Rattler has gotten pressured way too many times, and overall, there's just not many playmakers on this team. Their defense is awful. Just one of the worst teams that Oklahoma has had in a while. This is this is probably the worst since I would say 2012 when. You know, they were at a good start to year and lost to, I think, Notre Dame at home. Uh, not not the Sooners' year. We'll see how they can f- improve on the season. Maybe even still win the Big 12, which, because it's a pretty weak conference right now, you know, there's some good teams in there, but they still have a chance to win it, but definitely playoff hopes are out the window, and Oklahoma's chance for a fourth straight college football playoff might be over. Quickly, ACC Clemson beat Virginia in the ACC championship rematch 41-23. Anything you learned about the Tigers you didn't know? About who? Uh, Clemson. No, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is so good. the best quarterback prospect I've ever seen. Give the Jets are going to ruin that guy. Look, Andrew Luck was good, but... Trevor Lawrence is good and wins. But, like, you knew, like, Andrew Luck had that sort of kind of weakness. Didn't have a phenomenal arm. But Trevor Lawrence doesn't have a weakness. This guy is... I would say the, the only, only weakness on him, I think he doesn't have the strongest arm. I would say the, I would say the same thing. That's probably Lawrence's only weakness is that he do, he doesn't have the strongest arm. But you don't need to be Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. Exactly. You don't, you don't need to be Russell Wilson. Josh Allen. Or or Josh Allen's <laughs> arm. But Ru- where where Russell Wilson makes his plays is with his feet and with his eyes, not his arm. 
Patrick Mahomes saying, well, Patrick Mahomes is kind of different because he kind of, he, he said multiple times he doesn't really know how to read defenses yet. He kind of just chucks it up with an, in an Andy Reid system. Somehow it always works. Right. I mean, seems hey, we're going to see it tomorrow. See it tomorrow. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, quickly, college football playoff picks. I'll do mine. Uh, number one, I would say I would keep Clemson as the number one team in the country. Yep. Number two, Alabama. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with the Florida Gators. Ooh. I like what I see. Number four, I'm going to go Ohio State, the team I thought will probably win the national championship. My five and six on the outside looking in, Georgia five and Miami six. Jake, how about you? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go number one, Clemson. I agree. They're the best team in the country. Uh, I'll go number two. I'll go two, Bama, because I don't think Ohio State's going to play enough competition to, to, uh, to, to pass Bama at number two. I'll put Ohio State at three. I don't know why. You have them. You have them at four. Why? I haven't seen them play a game yet. But still, okay. Okay. So Iowa Ohio State at four or three, and then Georgia at four, um, because uh, I mean, <sighs> Georgia's gonna beat Florida. They're, this like, is as of right now. If you're the playoff, if you're the committee right now voting for the playoff. Oh, right now. Yep. Oh, okay. Then yeah, Clemson one, Bama two. I mean, well, right now it's hard because you can't put Ohio State in there. That, that's why they're ranked number six in the country right yeah, now. Yeah, so 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 I, I think this top four is fair. Clemson, Bama, Florida, Georgia. And you're two on the outside looking in. Um, well, I'm not going to put Ohio State. They haven't played a game. So I'll go Miami definitely. And then, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> it goes way down from here. Probably Cincinnati. Yep, Cincinnati. They're the really last team in the American that has a chance to get in. We'll see Miami. If Cincinnati goes undefeated, they I have said, a chance. I said this on the first show. That. Oh, you did? Yeah, no, I get that's it's so funny because no one else thinks that. Uh, Miami's playing Clemson next week at Clemson. Let's go to a break and talk about the NFL. This is Start Your Sunday on KCOU 88.1. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Okay. Hey, this is KCOU 88.1 FM. Are you trying to release the hottest projects this year, possibly next? Come down to our studio in the Student Center can mix, master, record, edit, engineer your whole project, your whole artistic experience wrapped into one visit. Please come down and visit us. If any of this interests you, please email sessions at kcou.fm. Okay, company picnics Tuesday. Lou, you order those shirts? Nah, just gonna have my wife make some. Sit down. Shut your mouth. Y'all gonna look like a bunch of suckers. Hey, who's this guy? They call me T-Shirt. Shirt. Unless you get your threads from Digit Graphics. Whether it's for your work, your team, or your charity, Digit Graphics will have you looking good. Would we look as cool as you? Not a chance in hell. But you will dig it. Check out DigitGraphics.com. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Shirts. Bow, 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 bow,
pau, 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 pau. Want to get in on this? To join KCOU, email engineer at kcou.fm. What? You're listening to KCOU Columbia. And we are back to start your Sunday on KCOU 88.1. We are start your Sunday on Spotify. I'm Harrison Vapnik alongside. Joining in today, filling in for Garrett, Jake Circus, big Cincinnati Bengals fan. He's excited for their game, looking for Joe Burrow's first career win in the NFL. Great chance today against the Jaguars. We'll get into that game in a second. But let's start with the marquee match of the day because the marquee matchup of the day that I would have used is going to be played tomorrow. So, Bills Raiders. Probably the most exciting game today. That's 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central on CBS. The 2-1 Raiders coming off a loss in New England, taking on the somehow undefeated Buffalo Bills, led by Josh Allen after a crazy game against the LA Rams last Sunday, which a pass interference that may have been the right call or may have not been. I'm not going to put my input there. Who wow. do you give the advantage to today? That's, that's some serious Patriots bias there, but the Bills are a top six team in football, and I don't think it's particularly close, dude. They have, they, have, they have one of the best coaching staffs in the league. They have developed, and I said this on, on, on my show the other day, they have developed Josh Allen per script. They drafted him as a guy from Wyoming with a good arm. First year was wild. Second year was better. They made the playoffs. And then the, 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 the third year so far has just been absolutely perfect. This is an MVP-level quarterback who's playing up at that level right now with an MVP-level defense. I mean, with an elite-level yes. defense. I, they have a couple. Of, they have an elite corner, Trey White. They have a good pass rush with Jerry Hughes and a good linebacker, Tremaine Edwards. And, you know, Josh Allen. If I mean, you're forgetting Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver, yep, former Houston Cougar. And probably Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, the best, if not the second-best safety duo in the league. Uh. I, I'd put it up there with Minnesota. I think Devin McCourty and uh, is there a strong safety? Kyle Duggar, maybe a, a better duo? No, just kidding. Patrick Strong, if he was playing, but maybe not. But back to the point. I, I didn't see this improvement from Josh Allen coming. You know, he, last season he showed a lot of, of mistakes. Didn't. Well, I watched that playoff game against the Texans. He looked really good in the second half. A lot of a lot of great throws. Uh, tried laddling it to a, uh, a tight end on one play, if you remember that play. Um, but this has been great. He really looks like a young Ben Roethlisberger. I saw someone make that comparison and really... It looks like a good one, and he can run. He has great running ability, and he, he's been sharp these last few games. We'll see today against Vegas. This is, I think this is their first real road test that they've had. You know, they took on the Dolphins that, you know, everyone puts up big numbers against the Dolphins. Every quarterback does, at least. This is his first big road test. I think this is, is this the best team they've played so far? Are they better than the, are the Raiders better no, than the Rams? No. The, but this no, is also a road the, game to consider that. The Rams are good. They were up what twenty four to three. It was twenty eight three. Twenty eight to three until the and they came back and then Josh Allen led them down the field into the game with yeah, touchdown yeah. to Tyler Croft. I'm not really as high on the Raiders. I think the Bills should easily take this. Going on the road is what it's tough. Going into Vegas, but whatever. But um, I I just think the Bills are are, are a better team, a, a way better team on paper. They have the better quarterback. They have the better defense. They have a great offensive line. 
and they have the better coaching staff. Like this is really a, a lopsided matchup, in, in my opinion. I'm gonna take the upset. I think I think Vegas gets it done at home. I th- I kind of I really like their offense. I think they have a lot of speed, and I think they're gonna figure out how to get Darren Waller back in the offense after a very subpar game against the Patriots last Sunday. I'm gonna take the Raiders by a field goal to upset the Bills and hand them their first loss. Let's talk about the second game that we like today: Browns and Cowboys. Two teams kind of heading in some different directions us right now. The Browns two and one. Back-to-back wins after a terrible, terrible performance against Baltimore. They had a good performance against your Cincinnati Bengals, and then a win last week against the Washington football team. Cowboys, they've had a tough schedule. They lost a close game at the Rams, lost a close game at the Seahawks, and they won a close game against the Falcons. They could easily be 0-3, but a couple of plays go differently. They could be 3-0. and Jake, what do you think today between this game between Dallas and Cleveland? It's very interesting because the two teams who probably need a win – and Baker Mayfield really has done better this year, but still. There was a stat earlier in the week that I think uh, Baker Mayfield is like 11-2 and two, or like 12-1 and one in games where he passes for less than 30, uh, 28 times, I think it is. And he's 1-9 and nine on, in games where he passes more than 25 times. Get the running game going. Dallas can't, Chubb, Chubb and Hunt. Dallas can't stop the run. Turn this into a shootout as the, the over-under of 56 pertains. It's going to be a shootout. And uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, like, give me Dak Prescott in the shootout over Baker Mayfield. I agree. Um, but this should be a very, very good game. Yeah, I take the, taking the better quarterback in this matchup. Uh, I'm going to take Prescott. I think Baker makes one more mistake. I like the Cowboys' high-scoring game, 41-34. Last-minute touchdown pass from Prescott to Michael Gallup, I'm going to say. I think the Cowboys come out and perform and get back on track. Next game. The undefe- another shocking undefeated team that's not named the Buffalo Bills. Chicago Bears, led by Nick Foles after a come-from-behind victory in Atlanta last week. It feels like every team comes from behind and beats Atlanta. Taking on the Colts, who have looked after a very poor performance in Week 1. Good win at home against the Vikings. Good win at home against the Jets. I know everyone beats the Jets as well. But now they're sitting at 2-1 and one in a position to really take a firm lead because the Titans don't play today in the... AFC South. So, Jake, let me ask you, can Nick Foles get it done and take the Bears to 4-0? No, he can't, because this Colts defense is scary. This this Colts defense is ridiculous. I mean, they're, they're getting production from just about everyone. I mean, they're getting production from some of their bench guys. Like, this is a very, very scary defense. Nick Foles in his first start with the Bears... I'm just glad it's not Mitch Trubisky. Nick, <laughs> Nick Foles is the better quarterback. And this game is played in Chicago, as I should mention. Yeah. So, I mean... The only reason why the Colts aren't a bigger favorite is because it, it is in Chicago. I mean, that's really it. The Bears should not be 3-0. They've had the easiest schedule like I've ever seen. <laughs> they they bear, they really should have lost the Lions if DeAndre Swift catches that ball. Yeah. If they were playing any other quarterback than Daniel Jones, they probably would have lost that game too. And then I, I'll give Nick Foles credit for what he did in Atlanta last Sunday. But they, they still should have lost that game. Like, come on. But, I mean, Nick Foles, like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested to see. I'm intrigued to see what he does over the course of, of 60 minutes. So that'll be interesting, but Colts should easily take this game. I say field goal game, I think the Bears by one. I think I kind of like Nick Foles to get it done today because I really, I'm really looking forward to their game on Thursday night where it's, we're going to see Nick Foles versus Tom Brady again as a rematch of their Super Bowl from a few years ago. They're going to be playing on Thursday night football. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bears. I'm going to think that Foles gets it done. Let's talk about another game tomorrow. Patriots-Chiefs, this game was originally supposed to be played today. We, If this game was played today, we'd be in the car right now to Kansas City as we'll be attending what, what, the, this what, game. What do you think we'll be listening to right now? 
what type of music? What are we listening to? Yeah. I, uh, whatever okay. music you like. You're the driver, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cam Newton is the only player on the Patriots who tested positive for the coronavirus. Very, very luckily that it wasn't an outbreak, as we're seeing with the Titans right now, where they have double-digit players who have it. Patriots are very fortunate that just one player, but unfortunate the player who got it, Cam Newton. If I were to make a list of the players on my team, on the Patriots, who we could at least afford to lose, Cam Newton is probably in a three to five range. He's number one. No, I, I, I'd say Julian Edelman's number one because if what? if he wasn't there, who'd they throw the ball to? But this is a conversation for a different place. Also, the offensive line is very important to this team. So Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer will start this game, I think. That is the reports, but I'm not trusting anyone other than Bill Belichick. Brian Hoyer is a quarterback who has won football games in this league before. He is a journeyman originally drafted by the Patriots out of Michigan State in 2009. Jake, I'll start with you. Can Brian Hoyer go into Arrowhead Stadium? Okay, yeah. Okay, that was probably a question I shouldn't have asked, but... No, he can't. What do the Patriots need to do tomorrow without Cam Newton to move the ball? Uh... I would say, number one, pray and try. Number two, create a time machine, go back in time, stop the coronavirus, and make sure Cam Newton doesn't get sick. See, those are, those are excellent points, Jake. I really, I really thank you for giving me those great points. But I think the one thing the Patriots benefit from is, you know, this is a pretty chaotic situation. That I think Bill Belichick has his team kind of mentally prepared for this game. You know, you're supposed to play on Sunday. They say, nope, you're playing Monday or Tuesday. I think Bill Belichick has gotten his team ready for this completely odd situation. And, you know, Brian Hoyer, he's very lucky. The Patriots have a very good offensive line and a very good running game. I'm expecting a lot of Sony Michelle, a lot of Damian Harris, a lot of James White, a lot of Rex Burkhead. I don't think the Patriots can win this game, but I am confident with my coaching staff and, you know, the ownership and everyone that they can come into this game even with confidence, even without Cam Newton. And, you know, the defense, they're still going to have to stop Patrick Mahomes, which is a, a tall task. But it's I'm excited to see what the offense can do without Cam Newton. And we'll see, understand, excited to see what Brian Hoyer can do. And if Brian Hoyer walks into Arrowhead Stadium and wins that game, I don't think Jake will ever hear the end of this. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. Score prediction from you. <laughs> um, 31 31 17 Chiefs. I'm gonna go 24-17 Chiefs. I, I like the Chiefs by a touchdown, but I think the Patriots find the end zone a couple times. But you know, that's where we play the game. You don't know who's gonna win. And let's talk about the other game tomorrow. Falcons Packers. That game was pushed to 850 Eastern, 750 Central. Packers have looked very good over the first three games. They're three and Falcons three bad losses any chance the falcons bounce back and get their first one of the year in lambo i don't think so i think the the packers are the best team in the nfc i would take them over seattle right now they're getting contributions from it from a lot of people losing alan lazard hurts them it doesn't really hurt them in this game they have still have scantling they have their i think they're gonna get Devontae adams back Devontae adams will be a game time decision okay so he i mean he, he should if, play let's let's say if he doesn't play Mark, your receivers are now Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. Yes, then, then and who else? Then, then it's a problem. It, it, that, then it, it, it turns into an issue. Maybe not against Atlanta, because Atlanta still can't stop anyone. Um, so the Packers still should win this football game. But uh, uh, in the near future, going to be an issue if Adams still can't stay on the field and then losing Lazard. But this is, as of now, 
through the first three games, the what I think is a super a Super Bowl team, one of maybe four Super Bowl teams. I would go KC. I would go. I'll still Cincinnati? consider Baltimore a Super Bowl team. Uh, I think Tampa is a Super Bowl team, and then. Uh, Green Bay. <laughs> no, uh, people are underrating Green Bay going into the season. Like, oh, they were so overrated last year. But, like, they were still clearly the best team in the division. I know the Bears are also tied to them for that first place, but people are underrating the Packers. I think that I like what I've seen from them in the first three weeks. I like them closer than they think, only by like six points. I think Atlanta is able to keep it close as they usually do, but Green Bay will get the victory. Let's move on. Back to today. A team you just mentioned is a team you think you can win the Super Bowl. Tampa hosting Justin Herbert at third career start. Chargers, Bucks, does the GOAT get it done? Yeah, I, I mean, look, you, you can't teach it, or it takes long to teach a dog new tricks, right? <laughs> so, I mean, or like, I this Tom Brady, a 43-year-old quarterback, no OTAs, no preseason, they were bound to struggle from the start. And last year, or last year, last week is when they broke out. This defense is scary, Harrison. This is a very, very good defense. This is, this is a Super Bowl defense. Elite pass rush, elite linebackers. Great safety play, great young safety play, a few good corners. This is a very, very good defense. And I might even mention, mention the offense that's run by Bruce Arians, that you have the greatest quarterback to ever do it at the helm with tight end play that's improving. Gronk had, I think, eight or nine targets with like five catches the other day, so that's improving. Their run game with Leonard Fournette is improving every single week. He's Leonard out. Fournette is out he, today, he, and so he is, is Chris Godwin. He's out this week. But, but they still have a couple of really good running backs. They will be able to beat the Chargers. And going forward, this team is very, 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 very scary. Better than the Saints. The defense. The Saints this is not, I did not expect this defense to come out and play well, like this. Well, last year they were very, very improved from 2018. Last year they were in the middle of the pack. They were, I think, 14th or 15th rated from PFF. So that they were a very solid defense. Now, this year they're obviously a lot better. They're getting contributions from everybody. And Shaq Barrett is still he's a superstar. I mean, that guy's... Unbelievable. The NFL's leader in sacks last season, defensive player of the year, finalist. Uh, well, he should have won it. Okay. That's why, <laughs> that's why Gilmore was a far and away first place vote. No, no, no. That's why you don't have a vote. <laughs> All right, let's move on to another game. I am picking the Buccaneers to win it by two touchdowns. I think it's a big win for Tampa Bay. Let's go to another game that we like. Let's talk about the team you just mentioned. Uh, did you just mention them? Who did I mention? I was going to bring up your, the team that you're wearing a jersey of right now. Actually, no. Let's talk them in a second. Saints-Lions in Detroit. Saints are without Michael Thomas. Ooh, Drew Brees, uh, shell of himself, taking on the Lions, who had a miracle winning against the Cardinals last week, who you like. This, this, this game makes me want to puke because I hate watching I think Detroit. the Lions are going to win this game. I was high on the Saints. I hadn't re- thought about I it more. Wouldn't, I, I wouldn't doubt it, but I think the Saints get it done. I don't think they lose twice in a row to two awful teams. I mean, they, like, who's, going, who's the other awful team? Um, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Two two bad losses in a row. Losing at home to, to Green Bay. Bay is a bad loss uh, as a four-point favorite. And then they're, they're not going to lose to Detroit. They're not going to lose to Detroit. I don't know. I Detroit really looked good against the they're Cardinals not, last I mean, week. Going, going into the year, this is a team that was deemed as one of, if not the best rosters in football. And I, and I know they're without Michael Thomas, and they're without Marshawn Lattimore today too. So it's going to be interesting. I think, but I think Drew Brees does get it done. I mean, like, he has made a living off of beating these types of teams and, like, in, in these type of games. This is a must-win game because Tampa's going to start. If, if they lose one. this game, you're going to hear people asking for Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. You're going to hear whispers. No, I don't, I don't think that. You're going to hear but, whispers about Drew Brees is over and time to start Taysom Hill. And 
Obviously, we'll see how it goes today. Anyone, but... anyone who says that they should start Taysom Hill anywhere near quarterback is mad. <laughs> he looks like a guy who gets paid like $16 million to run like the read option. If that guy ever gets a single snap... Yeah, but he's the future. That's what Sean Payton has said, that this guy is going... not. Oh. Taysom Hill is not a good... Taysom Hill is not a good football player. They need a draft. Oh, imagine Justin Fields in that offense. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that'd be scary. Okay. Uh, speaking of scary, uh, Jake's reaction after the Bengals-Titans... Bengals-Eagles game last Sunday. The Bengals look for a bounce back at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jake, you, tell if, me how much the Bengals are going to win by. If you want to get all of my... Post game Bengals and Yankees reactions. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Jake Circus, S I R K U S. Follow me. A lot of good stuff there, Harrison, right? Yep. Yeah. Harrison likes my tweets. Always. He likes all of them. Um, but I think the Bengals finally get it done. They have two losses of a combined eight points this year against competent and competitive teams. They haven't played a bad team yet. They haven't played a really a good team yet, but they haven't played a bad, like a, a marginally bad team. That game last week was stupid. Like, Bengals had, like, 12 chances to win that game. You got to finish. You got to finish. They're, they're going to have the lead at halftime. They're going to have the lead in the fourth quarter. You got to finish this game. Jacksonville's Which Jacksonville team are we going to see today? We're going to see the one that, you know, they looked really great against the Colts and really Titans for most of that game. Or are we going to see them play the one who played against Miami last week? This ja- well, the Jacksonville team in general is just awful. Like, that, that week one game against the Colts was, I, I, I think it was just... A one-time thing because how do you get blown up by Miami? I mean, they, this Jacksonville team has no one. They don't yeah, have anybody. It's. Oh, I think that Cincinnati wins this game by a touchdown. Joe Burrow gets his first career win. He should. They're gonna be happy. Going back to the Saints Lions game for a second. I just saw this. Here are the inactives for the Saints today: Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, Marcus Davenport, Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins, Andrus Pete. Those are all starters not playing against Detroit today. Still concerned for the Saints? Or not concerned about the Saints? I mean, I mean, that, that's, Those are seven starters. That's why the spread is three points, you know? Uh, you know, that's, we, I know, we just talked about that game, but that's something I just saw, which is pretty notable. Quickly, Cardinals-Panthers, give me a winner. I hate the Cardinals. Whoa. Screw the Cardinals. No, I'm just kidding. They, they made me very upset last week. Oh, tough loss. Um, now Cardinals should win this game. I like the Panthers, sort of. Panthers' offense looked pretty good against the Chargers Actually, last yeah. week. I don't know if I like the Panthers or not. I, uh, I like the, I'm going to tell you right now, I like the Cardinals big. Blowout. Really? A blowout? Blowout in Carolina. Wow. I don't, I don't Kyler think throws for 400. Just because <laughs> I'm playing against them in fantasy, that always happens to me. <laughs> I mean, I think the Cardinals should win this game, but I don't know about a blowout. But we'll see. Uh, Seahawks at Dolphins. Seahawks are without a lot of starters, including safety Jamal Adams. I'm feeling Miami upset today. I, no. I don't know if they're going to win. I think they're going to keep it close. I think they're going to cover yeah, yeah. the seven-point spread. I, th- I think they will, too. Uh, Seattle's a much better team, though. So. Russell Wilson. Let Russ cook. Russell's not losing this game. Let, what do you, th- you love Russell Wilson. I, lo- I think Russell Wilson's the best player on the planet. You know, you know people are saying let Russ cook. Russ, Russ is, you know, he's, he's getting the ingredients. He's making, he's cooking. He's making dessert. He's, he's the MVP this year. I can't see... Any other quarterback winning it this year other than him? Just because of the talk about going into the season about how, oh, he's never gotten an MVP vote. Now, like, I think that's, like, in people's heads, and, like, he's just going to win it. Just even though if other quarterbacks were better numbers, which I doubt, he's still going to win it. He should win it. I mean, yeah. right now he should win it. Uh, so you like Seattle today. Let's talk about another game, 4 o'clock, Gi- 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 Central. Giants, Rams. Thoughts? Why are we talking about this game? I don't know. Because I have a hefty bet on the 
The Rams covering like 11 and a half. Wow. Uh, Giants suck. The Giants are a really bad football team. I mean, the Giants will probably... The Rams are angry after what happened last the week. They should have won that game. Pick, if not for the Jets. I mean, but I... Those two, those two teams are on a collision course for 0-16. I've never seen it. Like, those... Uh, apparently, the two teams that play the same stadium just... There's just something, the MetLife there's Stadium something curse. About that, something about that, that stadium. The turf. I can't believe people are saying, like... Like, I know, like... Yes, that game two weeks ago, the Niners-Jets, but, like... When people are saying, oh, Jordan Reed got hurt on the MetLife Stadium turf, I'm like, Jordan Reed didn't get hurt because of the turf. Jordan Reed gets hurt because he gets hurt every year. Yeah. All right. Um, so you like the Rams by a lot, I'm hoping? I do. Yeah, I so do I. Uh, Sunday Night Football. Great matchup. One of the best of the season. Eagles-Niners. The one and oh two and one Eagles taking on Nick Mullins and the 2-1 and one Niners. <sighs> This is a tough one. This is this is a tough game. I can't believe they made this Sunday night. We'll be watching the uh, the Heat Lakers game probably instead of this great. I think a lot of defense. I'm expecting a low scoring game tonight. Um, who do you like? Um, I kind of like the upset. You like Philadelphia going in there and winning? I I still have hope for Philadelphia. I mean, like, oh boy, uh, based on what? A nine and a half spread for a team. Nine and a half. It's nine for a team that's. Brutally beat up is San Francisco, and I know Philadelphia's beat up too. But I'm getting nine points with a better quarterback and a better offense, pretty much. Yeah. The right. Eagles are their top three receivers. Jeffrey's not going to play. Rieger's out, and I don't think Deshaun Jackson's going to play. But the top I mean, receivers are John Hightower, no relation to uh, Dante Hightower. Uh, uh, they're going to be starting uh, Deontay, Bur- Deontay Ward. Is that his name? Deontay- Greg, Greg Ward. Greg Ward. Deontay Burnett and Greg Ward. Greg Ward is a college quarterback who now plays receiver because the Eagles don't have anyone else. And uh, Dallas Goddard is also out with a fractured ankle. The Eagles are injury depleted on offense. I think the Niners' defense makes some good stops today and wins that game. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably pick. This is just be a boring, a very boring game. Yeah, it's it's an interesting but Sunday. There's. Carson Wentz needs to find needs to make some good throws. I mean, he doesn't need to win this game because again, his offense is just gone. Like there's nothing there. But I need to see more from Carson Wentz. Just you just have to. Yeah. Uh, Ravens at Washington. Ravens thirteen and a half point favorite. I, I think they cover. Yeah. Washington is not not good. Yeah. It's. Uh, are we gonna see Alex Smith? No, I don't think not so. Not today, but soon. I saw rumors earlier that this could be the end of Dwayne Haskins, that they kind of wished on that pick. They probably did. I mean, that was a really weird... I mean, he's not... Well, Dwayne. who else were they going to take at that point? Right. Right. Like they, need, they, they maybe just pass on a quarterback and because Alex Smith was injured. And, you know, they were starting... Like, I think the last game of the year, they started like Josh Johnson. Oh, man. Uh, I was saving this game for last just because, you know, Vikings-Texans, two 0-3 teams that... Are heading in the the same direction, and that's the uh, the Trevor Lawrence direction. That's me. Um, who, no, what team I, gets their first win? Texans. Yeah, Texans I agree. Deshaun Watson. Texans will blow him out. I think. Got it. Spike Zimmer in the hot seat. Give me okay. Give me your hot seat power rankings. Go start at the the hottest of the hot, and then go down to who might be fired. Um. So my hot seat number one is Dan Quinn. I said not Pat Adam Gase. Well, Adam Gates, okay, he's gone. Adam Gates, Adam is, Gates back, is like is his like, gone. his seat is like he's on like sitting on a chair like a fire right now. Yeah, like, that's how hot his seat is. He he, he sizzles. They, 
I think the only way he keeps his job is if the Jets like run the table. No, he's not keeping his job. He, he he's done. He's done because if the Jets he, well, if the Jets go won. twelve and four and make the playoffs, he'll keep his job. Yeah, that's the only scenario where Adam Gase is the Jets head coach next year. Yeah. So other than Adam Gase, number one, I would go Dan Quinn. I said it two years ago that he was on the hot seat if he can't get back to the playoffs. How did he get? How did he keep his job last because, year? Because because Matt Ryan turned into Joe Montana the last six games of the year and saved Dan Quinn's job yesterday uh, la- last year. Um, number two. Uh, I'm gonna go with Joe Judge. I think that this this did after not work. After one year, it, well, Dan Wilkes got fired after one year. It didn't work. This is not working. He's a, he Steve Wilkes, not Dan Wilkes. Steve Wilkes, my bad, my mistake. Uh, this 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 didn't work. It's not working. He, he was a, a special teams coach for New England, and Bill Belichick's coaching tree, Harrison, yep. has not done well in the NFL. And I'll, I'm gonna go number yeah. three. I'm gonna go Five right back at to some more Bill Belichick and go Matt Patricia and his entire staff. Matt Patricia does not win games. He won last week. Good for him. This week, but, Saints. But the, the, his entire coaching staff is yeah, is on no, the hot they're seat. gone. What I'm, about so you you mentioned you know Judge, Gase, Quinn, Patricia, Mike Zimmer. I know they gave him an extension, but if they're like well, they four just signed him to an extension, right? Yeah, but is that relevant? No, it's not. I mean, it, it's it's. It's a lot easier in NFL to get rid of a coach than it is in college with with, with, with all those big buyouts. Yeah. What about what about your boy Zach Taylor? Yeah. If if Zach Taylor loses today, uh, I'd be I'll be calling for his job. Not, you know, you know. Yeah, what I, mean. I, I you you're know. You're not you're not calling the Bengals on their cell phone. Hey, let the call for uh, Zach Taylor to be uh, fired. This is a uh, Jake Circus, a uh, Bengals fan. Um, what about Doug Marone? Yeah, I've dug, dug him around definitely, but I... I don't know. I, is there... Who's, like, that much better they're going to get? Like, well, I think he's a solid they, coach. If they get... If they stick with Gardner, I think they'll I stick, think they should. They'll stick I with, think they should. If they stick with Gardner, which they, they probably will right now, um, then I'm I'm fine if he stays. But if they get Trevor, they need to revamp the coaching staff. There's there's a decent amount of quarterbacks next year's draft. We talk about... Yeah, if they get a Lawrence and Fields and possibly Kyle Trask and... Uh, Dara King, which I think will go higher than people think, and Trey Lance, I just forgot about. It's a solid quarterback draft. It's a, and it's a very interesting quarterback class. Last year was very, very good. Last year's going to have three future Pro Bowlers, in my opinion, and then we'll see what happens with Jordan Love. But this year has two elite prospects. I, I think Fields, as much as I think he could bust, he could very easily well be a Hall of Famer. In I bit. think in the right system. Like I'd love to see him like with, like, I mean, Fields, Fields is the type of guy who could just pop immediately in the NFL. What about Derek King? I know we haven't mentioned him on the show. I'm a big I, Derek guy. I like Derek King. He reminds you of Kyler. He's um, not he's not huge, but he's great running ability and a great. Joel Klatt compared him to Russ, which I don't like. No, he doesn't have that. He, he has a great arm, but he doesn't have the Russ arm. He Russ is, can just drop it right in the bucket. I mean, he he's an electric player. It's, I mean, uh, it's fun. I want to see him at the combine. I want to see him. Yep. Oh, you know. because of COVID, I think like players can come back like next year. I know he's a senior, but like, I don't like think, he will though. Yeah, neither do I. If he doesn't, no one's beating Miami next year. Just know that. Uh, four downs. The game we play with Garrett. Garrett's obviously out today. I'm gonna ask you four questions that have to do with today's games. First down. More total yards today. I don't even know these, by the way. I, I don't know what's coming. More yards today. Alvin Kamara or the entire Lions running backs. Oh, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Okay. I, I think he had like like 150 total yards the other day against Green Bay. And yep, wasn't enough. 
Uh, second down. Uh, over under 300 passing yards for Nick Foles against his former offensive coordinator Frank Reich. Oh, under. You're not passing. You're not passing against that defense. Nope. That that thing of the Colts defense. It's like it's not like that's household names, but they're still like really good, which is just it's surprising. Yeah, that's a lot of yards. Uh, third down, more receiving yards today for what duo? Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, or Beckham and Landry? Uh, the Cowboys duo. All right, and fourth down, more tackles today for what former defensive player of the year, J.J. Watt versus the Vikings, or Khalil Mack versus the Colts? More tackles? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Um, I'll go J.J. Watt. I, I think the Vikings offensive line's garbage, and I think he gets he, he could get to Kirk Cousins a few times today, get a few tackles for loss. Are you going to see some Sean Mannion action? I don't think so. Yeah, neither do Maybe I. Maybe not today. I can't they gave Kirk an extension. Just... You know, what did he show other than the one deep one Adam Thielen last year's playoffs that he's, like, deserving of this, like, huge, like, three-year extension? He, he is not it. Yeah, that's on the Vikings organization. Oh, let's do Harrison's headlines. I'm going to predict. Look into the future and give you some headlines that you will see tomorrow, whether it's the newspaper or if the newspaper still exists or, like, the headlines, whatever. First headline, victory in Vegas. The Raiders upset the Bills to hand them their first loss of the 2020 season. Boo. Headline number two, Burrow Mania. Joe Burrow gets his first career win throwing a game-winning touchdown in the final minute to beat the Jaguars. Mm. Mm-hmm. And number three, Saints shocker. Saints lose their third consecutive game, this time to Matt Patricia in the Lions. In blowout fashion, as people concern about Drew Brees' future. Okay. All right. I mean, like, the only one I really agree with is the Burrow one. If Joe Burrow throws a game-winning touchdown, I think Jake might run around campus just as excited as ever. If the Bengals like win like a close game, like I don't know what Jake. I haven't seen Jake after a Bengals win yet because you know they haven't won. You even see me during a Bengals game. You... How many games did they win last year? Like one? They won two games last year. Jeez. <laughs> if are they gonna win two games this year? They'll win more than two games. They'll win one today and they'll they'll win games. Next week. It's a good team. It's it's an alright. Tomorrow, Monday Night Football Doubleheader, Patriots Chiefs at seven Eastern, six Central. We'll be there. And after that, I think at like a nine o'clock Eastern, seven Central, eight eight Central. The Packers at 8.50 Eastern time. 8.50 Eastern, which is probably 7.50 Central. We will see the Packers and Falcons. This has been Start Your Sunday. Jake, thanks for filling in for Garrett. Garrett will be back next Sunday. And we'll be right back here on KCLU 88.1 to start your Sundays. Have a great football Sunday. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the college games next weekend. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Start Your Sunday on KCLU 88.1. Hey, this is Bob from Best Coast, and you're listening to KCOU 88.1. You're listening to KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM.